This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Williams. And this is the show for anybody curious to learn about where their food comes from, as we learn from farmers, ranchers, entrepreneurs and everybody in agriculture, and we learn about all the awesome, you know, direct-to-consumer businesses, agritourism operation, ag tech startups, and all of the awesome companies that help, you know, deliver our food from the farm to the table. So today on the show, we are going to talk about a cool company in Canada and how one student started this company to help get kids or to help get students more interested in careers in science, technology, engineering, the arts, and mathematics. So my guest today is Luke Selinski from Canada. He has started this awesome company called Ag Tech Steam and has created these boxes, kind of like, um, I guess you could say, kind of like a KiwiCo box, where they're like little science experiments you can do at home. And so what Luke has done, he's created these boxes to where people can get engaged and curious about careers in agriculture, in science, um, for example, right now they have a couple of boxes about beneficial bugs for agriculture, plant health, um, soil health, stuff like that. And so Luke today in our interview is going to talk to us about his inspiration, why he thinks more students should get involved in these careers, um, how issues like bad rural internet has inspired this, and kind of his future plans and his inspiration. Um I mean, this is just so cool coming from a student that saw a need and he created a solution for it. So if you want to check him out, go to agtechsteam.ca to see all the awesome things Luke is doing. And of course, enjoy this episode and follow us on social media. Follow Luke on social media. All that stuff will be in the description below. So I hope you enjoy my interview with Luke and let's start the show. All right. Well, Luke, welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast, man. How are you doing? I'm doing actually pretty good. Good deal, man. 
So, dude, I am so excited to chat with you. You've got a cool product called Ag Steam, Ag Tech Steam, which is about getting more and more kids interested in, um, you know, science, technology, engineering, arts, mathematics, and stuff like that. But I reached out to you on Twitter. That's how we kind of got this interview started. You sent me some links. And I was doing, you know, like the research about you and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. I was like, holy cow, you are 15 years old and you've started this awesome thing. When I was 15, I had no clue about starting a company and stuff like this. So, I mean, good on you, man. So what was the whole inspiration behind that? Well, it was 2018 and the, and the University of Calgary was hosting a Lego robotics camp. And okay. now I personally live about an hour from Calgary, and that camp started at six, uh, started at eight a.m. in the morning, because we live about an hour from Calgary, hour forty-five minutes. We had to get up at six o'clock in the morning to make it there on time. And I thought to myself, well, wouldn't it just be easier if I could get my own thing and like talk to the people or download like an activity and just do it at home? That's how the idea first popped in my head. But what really solidified the idea was when I went to the Emerging Agriculture Hackathon in 2019. That was where I first came up with the name Ag Tech Steam Box and um, how I created the pretty rough concept of, at the time of connecting um, rural youth and underserviced kids to like avenues in agriculture technology yeah that's awesome so what was that hackathon like i've heard I, I haven't been to a hackathon but i i have like a computer programming background so i know of them so what was that whole hackathon like for you especially because it's kind of like ag centered so what was that like that hackathon was very good actually it was uh there were a bunch of different teams all made up of university students i was the youngest guy there okay and so we each had our own kind of rooms in this kind of uh, common slash work area, and we just did stuff for a while. We worked, we had whiteboards, we had notes, we wrote down ideas and edited them. So it was like a, it was like a school project, but much more fun. <laughs> I bet that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, it's always fun working, working for something and learning something, you know, like outside of the classroom, especially when you're learning with other people that are interested in that same stuff, too. So was that fun to be around people that kind of share like the similar interests that you do? It was very exciting because uh, this was in the University of Saskatoon and mm -hmm. Saskatchewan is a very rural province. So all the people there knew about agriculture and they were all very passionate about it, which was fun. I bet. So do you have like an ag background or no? My ag background goes back, I kid you not, centuries. It's <laughs> always been in my family. There's lots of stories. My great grandpa, he lived in Haddishville, Manitoba, a little town. I think about maybe an hour from Winnipeg, maybe two. Okay. And he was the first guy in his entire district to have electric Christmas lights because he had a leftover APC from World War II that he used for farming. Oh, wow. No way. I mean, that's that's so cool. Yeah. I bet people were fascinated by those lights, too. Oh, yeah. They were definitely fascinated. 
I think some of his neighbors were jealous. <laughs> oh, definitely. I mean, that's kind of like the who's who, I guess. I mean, that's, I'm sure everybody was like, man, we got to step up our game now. Yeah, it was pretty much that. <laughs> so you have this thing, it's Ag Steam, Ag Tech Steam. I mean, we'll link, you know, all the links and everything down below in the description of this episode. Yep. But um, I mean, what what was the process like of building this? And then what are these boxes like? The process was um, time consuming. We went through multiple different iterations and ideas before we finally settled on the model we have now, which is um, free. You can download the activities on the website for free and do them at home. Right, and um, the the boxes that we have that are available that we sent out, that we send out. That's pretty good. So this is something like I don't know. There's a bunch of different companies, kind of like a KiwiCo, but those are, I guess, just kind of science based. But these are more ag and farming focused. Is that right? Yeah, agriculture technology is some, was one of those things that. Not a lot of people outside of the industry really think about it in any meaningful way. Right? Yeah, that's true. And I mean, even your whole thing about trying to get rural internet service to people, or I guess internet to rural areas, I mean, that's a huge thing that a lot of people don't know about. Like, I grew up in a small town and our internet was, I mean, atrocious. And so I'm sure that's a huge issue that's, I mean, especially hurting kids now or students now as they're like trying to do online school and all that stuff. So have you experienced oh, yeah. kind of that issue? Yeah, I've experienced that issue. Um, we live in Alberta, so there's a lot of like oil uh, things going through. So our power would cut out every once in a while because this company was moving like giant parts for some kind of power converter down the road. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes I'd be in the middle of doing something important. And so, um, and internet is fairly stable here, but sometimes it can just derp out for a while and just be gone. Yeah, and I'm sure that's no fun. I mean, I think it's cool that stuff like, you know, Starlink and stuff is kind of going around. So do you think do you think stuff like that is going to be kind of more common, having more Starlink satellites and all that stuff? Oh, definitely. I think that that's going to be the norm. Yeah. Do y'all have it up there in Canada yet? Well, I mean, I know y'all do, but I mean, is, is there anybody around you that has it? I don't know anybody around me who has it. Okay. Yeah. Um, my wife and I, our family, we went up to, um, I believe, Montana last year. Yeah. And the I think the, the house we were going to stay at, they were in the process, I think, of getting Starlink later on, but we weren't there. But um, I looked up all the stuff and I mean, it's just so cool. You just order a satellite. And then it links up with the, with the, um, you order a dish and then it links up with the satellites. I just think that's so cool. Yeah. Like looking back 10 years ago, you're like, there's no way that's going to happen. And now you can literally do it for like a couple hundred dollars. That's like Star, that's like Star Trek levels of sci-fi there, right? <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Star Wars, Star Trek. Are you more of a Star Trek fan or Star Wars fan? Uh, I've been with Star Wars, uh, longer, but my mom and my grandma both, uh, both love Star Trek. So. I'm a bit of both. <laughs> hey, there you go. My mom is kind of the same. She's a Star Wars and Star Trek fan, but she likes Star Trek more. And so I'm kind of a more of a Star Wars fan, but they're both super good. I mean, you know, they both have audiences, which are really fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So w what has the response been like for all these these boxes and all the, the free content you can download? I mean, what's the response been like from people that have been learning them? 
the response has been overwhelmingly positive, actually. Um, there's a magazine in Calgary that wanted to interview me, and the interviewer, he lives, I think, in an apartment in Calgary, right? It's for Avenue Magazine, and he said he downloaded some of the content bags, and he and his girlfriend spent a day just going through and doing the activities, and he said, yeah, this is really fun, like, we can improve our gardens and our and our plants in here, and we're doing stuff that I didn't even know was, like, possible or existed. That's awesome. That's really good feedback. I mean, have any of your friends or maybe some of your teachers tried it out too? Um, not teachers, not, uh, some of my friends have, some of my friends are interested. I went to camps and they signed up for the boxes, right? Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. And I mean, did they have pretty good feedback from it? Were they like, oh, I didn't know that, you know, agriculture is all about this stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hey. That's awesome. And so, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of pressure because, I mean, you've been in so many articles that I've read. Like, what was all that pressure like? Because I'm sure people are just kind of blown away by this. So what's that been like so far? I mean, I get a lot of like, you're only 15 or 16. <laughs> and it's like, yep, yep, yep. Yes, I am. And they're like, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> and like, I'm a fairly tall guy for my age. So like, I look like. I'm taller than my mom, and she's mm. pretty tall. Yeah. And so, like, oftentimes I'm mistaken for being, like, 19 instead of 16. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that happens a lot. That's funny. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we were talking about the internet issue again. Do you think that, I mean, people your age can kind of start doing companies like this and businesses like this thanks to things like the internet if they can get re reliable internet delivered to their house? Oh, definitely. And this isn't just like an online thing. It's majority online because that's what everybody's using nowadays. Mm -hmm. But there's also we're designing and making physical boxes for people to play with, like actually go outside and get their, you know, their hands in the mud figuratively and literally in some cases. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's awesome. And so what kind of went into that process of building these boxes? You know, I'm sure that was a headache, like not only getting like the physical boxes, but getting like the component components and everything and eventually like shipping well, them or delivering them. So what was that like? I'm super thankful to have uh, Farm Credit Canada as one of my partners, uh, one of their uh, the vice president um, and one of the one of our longtime friends. His name is John at FCC. They put together our budget for us. Uh, they gave us the money so that we could buy components. Mm -hmm. We got free sponsor components from other agriculture corporations who were interested in putting their branded stuff in the box, right? And John Deere and Brandt have been interested in getting boxes to give away at their stores um, under the condition that they don't sell them. They have to give them away. Mm. That's huge having a big company like John Deere involved. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And for me personally, kind of a side thing, but I wanted to make the boxes free because I know from, because I know I'm very fortunate to have my mom. She works uh, multiple jobs that she loves. And my dad is a very hard worker and he gets stuff done. So I'm very lucky to have a very stable family life. Like we're very financially safe. And we have everything that we need, but I know that some families, like they're like the dads hardly see their children because they're working like 
24 hours and they crash for like a day, right? Or moms are working out in, uh, are working in like cities or towns and stuff and they don't get home for a long time, right? Yeah. And they're generally not in a, and not in like a, a great financial situation sometimes, right? Yeah. So I That's want a great way to think about that. So this learning can be, I want to make this free so that it could be as accessible as possible. That's awesome. I mean, good on you. Cause I mean, there's so many, um, you know, kind of educational stuff that comes out whether it's just like online courses or whatever, but they're always charging. And so it's awesome that this is free for literally anybody to learn about ag, about technology and all that good stuff. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I know, um, for some courses, like on the website Coursera, like you have to, mm. you have to like, the courses are free, but if you want like a certificate for it, you have to pay like 70 bucks for it, which I know sometimes for like a family who really wants, you know, their child to be educated, but you know, have that, have to have that $75 for like a can of oil for the only tractor that they have. Right. Yeah. That's kind of a lot. I mean, especially if your family's going through a lot. Um, yeah. So I like the, the steam, like again, it's science, technology, engineering, arts, and, um, math. So here in the States, we have a lot of STEM without that A, without the arts. So why do you think kind of the arts are also another important factor to include in all this? Well, when you look at farming and agriculture and even industry as a whole, like it may not look the prettiest. Like you look at like uh, a combine or something and you think, oh, that's not really pretty like on its own. But once you see it like in the field, all of them in a big line with the sunset, like there's an there's an art to it, right? There's an art to like making like scientific drawings of fields and mm-hmm. and temperature maps and soil maps, right? Yeah, I like that. I mean, there is definitely a kind of an art that really, I mean, people outside the industry don't really see. But I mean, if you really pay attention to it, like you said, like if you're out in the field, you're seeing a combine work, you see it working in Mother Nature, like it's very artistic, kind of kind of like a Bob Ross painting, I guess you could say. That's so neat. Yeah. That's awesome. So what's the future looking like? Are you looking to have more boxes, more content, maybe hire some people? What's the future looking like? More more boxes, more content, and eventually some people who will uh, work to help us out. Because right now we're, we're literally doing this. Or we're literally putting the boxes together in, my, in, my, in the basement right now, putting them together on a table, right? <laughs> That's funny. So what are your parents thinking about that, about all this stuff taking up some room? What are their thoughts on it? Um, my mom, my mom tries to keep it organized and, um, my dad, he doesn't really mind. Like this is a project that they're also very invested in. Like they help me out a lot. That's awesome. That's good to hear. So do you want this to be like a full-time thing for you or do you want to do like, do you want to do like a totally different career whenever you're, you know, in college or trying to figure out what you want to do? I'm looking at other careers. I'm thinking that um, once this becomes big enough, I would hire people to, you know, do like the the company things, and then I would be, I would still be there and involved. But I kind of want to go into different careers as well. There you go. So, are you kind of thinking about like entrepreneurship, or maybe you like have a bunch of different companies going on, or engineering, or something like that? 
I have a bunch of different companies who have uh, offered me internships or jobs. I'm looking at um, a lot of technology. I think technology is important. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So do, would you say anybody kind of inspired you to do this? Like, did you see anybody out there and you're like, hey, I want to try something like this? Or well, this, did this kind of just like kind of fall into place? Um, my mom and Dr. Temple Grandin really, uh, really have inspired me to do this because my mom is actually friends with Temple Grandin and, um, she's helped her with some of her books and stuff like that. And my mom used to work for the Canadian government as part of like, um, uh, an agricultural biological disaster, like prevention group. Okay. She would work on creating plans for, like, if something happened to, like, our supply of romaine or milk or cows, like a disease, right? Yeah, that's true. Have you met Temple Grandin before? Um, no. I've listened to her before, and I have read some of her books. She, Yeah, I've listened to a few of her, her speeches and stuff, and she's amazing. I mean... And for those people who might not know who she is, I mean, she's she's a scientist, animal behaviorist. I mean, what she's done for cows and animal behavior is awesome. And I mean, she's very vocal about like her autism also. And she's still done. I mean, she's done amazing things. And I think she she's like one of the most, I don't know, I guess you could say like a figurehead in ag. And I mean, there's even a movie about her, which I haven't seen, but I've heard it's a good movie. It's just called Temple Grandin. But I need to watch that movie. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't yet. I need to watch that one too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it's so, on, but I'm sure you could it, think it's of her as good. like the. You could think of her as like the Elon Musk of like of like cows and that area of agriculture, right? You know, that's a really good point. I like that. I mean, there, there are what a Elon lot of similarities Musk is to like what Elon Musk is to like technology and space travel. Temple Grandin is to like cows and innovating with that area of agriculture. I like that. Yeah. I mean, just kind of the stuff she's done to not only educate people about cows, but also to help educate people about people, I mean, has been awesome. That's so cool. I had a friend, I've got a friend who's got another ag podcast. It's called Ag State of Mind. And he interviewed her, I think about a year ago or something. So I need to go back and listen to that episode again. But uh, yeah, um, that's so cool. Temple Grandin. Um, So do you, I like to ask this question to a bunch of people. What do you think about the farmer consumer relationship? Like, do you think it's getting better? Do you think it's getting worse? Um, you've got a cool business think, where you're trying to educate people. So do you think this is stuff like this is going to help? I think the farmer consumer relationship is one of those things that isn't easily categorized because it, it varies wildly. Like here, like here in North America, at least the divide between the consumer and the producer is very wide especially in the cities and the rural places like like I know this doesn't apply to all people who live in urban environments but mm-hmm. generally when you ask them what farmers do they uh, they have there's a multitude of responses but the ones you hear is is that they produce our food and that we like them or that they harm the environment and should be stopped or regulated or that I don't really know much about farming right yeah, that's very true. I mean, there's a lot of people that either know a lot about it or they don't know a lot about it. And so, I mean, do you think stuff like social media is definitely helping that? I think social media is definitely helping that. Uh, helping farmers, you know, 
get their messages across and help them, you know, like show the kind of like, like TikTok, for example, and some Instagram <laughs> accounts, like kind of show off the, the fun, the more fun side of farming, right? Like it's not all just working in a tractor, right? That there is fun stuff. And um, my dad personally, at the end of harvest, I think 2019, the guys all took their hats off and threw them into the the thing of a combine as a bit of a celebration, right? Yeah, and then they recorded that and shared it. No, they didn't. Uh, they didn't record it, but you know that's something. That's an example of something that might have been recorded, right? Yeah, that would have been fun, kind of showing showcasing the fun that's going on. That it's not all like busy work, you know, like you're talking about. I saw somebody yeah. and they said that. Um, People like to be educated on social media, but they also want to entertain. And so if you can entertain and also educate, like do a two for one, you're doing a pretty good job. And there's definitely a bunch of people in farming doing that, which is really cool. Yeah. And another thing a lot of people don't know about farming is that there's a lot of mechanicing involved too. And that's uh, like, like a lot of mechanic work. And that's another thing that I'm working on for my ag tech steam boxes to showcase that. It's not all just working in the, the fields with, you know, your trucks and your tractors. But, you know, I know from personal experience that you spend a lot more time in the shop servicing stuff than you do out in the out in the field. Right. Yeah, that's true. Whether you're fixing a tractor or a combine or welding something. So how exactly or a truck, would, right? or a truck? Yeah. How exactly would you do that for the boxes? Like what kind of activities or plans would you have for to kind of help with that? I kind of have like uh, showcases about, you know, like the interiors of uh, like combines and mm. how they work. Right. Okay. And how like which stuff can which stuff can most easily break down and which stuff you, you know, might want to have spares of. Right. Yeah. That's a good idea. That's fun. I mean, have you been on a combine or a tractor at all recently? I haven't. Oh, yeah. I've driven combines. I've driven tractors and I've. And, uh, yeah, I've driven sprayers and I've driven, I haven't driven an air seeder. Oh, nice. I want to get into combine one day. I, I didn't really grow up around a farm, but my grandpa had a tractor that I would drive every now and then. But, um, I just get amazed that, you know, a combine is like $300,000 and they're just so expensive and they're huge, but I mean, they're just so, I mean, mechanical, it's amazing all that they do. And just kind of one contraption is super cool. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, I mean, would you have any advice for anybody that would want to start a company kind of like yours? Like, would you have any advice? Is there anything that you've learned kind of along the way that, that you would want to share? This is an old adage my parents taught me that if you, uh, that um, my mom's former boss at the government told her that if you get it like right on the first time, if you get it 100% right on the first time, you need to go back and change something because if it's right on the first time, chances are you've missed something. So creating a business like this and getting it to the place where I am took me about three years from 2019. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's and awesome. So have patience and don't be afraid to say this idea might not work. Let's go back to the drawing board for a bit. Mm hmm. Man, that word there, patience, is hard to practice, but it's something you've definitely got to have if you're trying to start a business or anything. 
it's it's hard but i mean yeah you've got to have patience because you never know when it's going to take off when your ideas are going to work out so that's awesome that, that's a really good perspective i like i like that yeah has that i mean are you are you super duper excited for kind of the future about what's going to happen with these boxes and your careers and stuff like that oh yes i am very excited <laughs> that's it's awesome one of the most exciting things that i think i've ever i've ever been through I bet. I mean, do you follow any like businessmen or people? I know you were talking about some people like Dr. Temple Grandin, but are there any people that you kind of watch for ideas and stuff to kind of get some some inspiration from them? Oh yeah, some people I do. Um, I don't really like to listen to a lot of a lot of entrepreneur things. I more like to read about them. Mm, okay. Um, I'm not a very money centric person. And so I'm not big on, you know, like figures and investment and stuff. Like I know that th- I know that's important, but I'm not like super like I'm not going to invest all my time and my effort into that, right? Cuz I know it can be pretty once you get like hooked on like the money part, it's hard to get out of there, right? Yeah, that's true. Once you're kind of hooked on, you know, money and banks and all this other stuff, it's it's kind of hard to get yourself out of that mire (laughs) to focus on the other stuff that will really make or break your company. That's true, I I imagine. And it seems like you're also more interested in kind of the impact instead of just like money and getting richer off of it. It seems like, I mean, especially because you're making these boxes for free. I mean, it seems like you really just want to help people and help educate, which I think is phenomenal. Yeah, there's enough, there's enough profits in, there's enough people who educate for profit. I think, I think a little bit of nonprofit here or there wouldn't hurt. <laughs> That's true. I like that. That's a good viewpoint. So Luke, if people want to learn more about these boxes, you guys are active on social media. You've got your website. Where all can they go to either learn more about you or if people want to get your boxes and learn some stuff, where can they go? So, um, if they want to learn, if they want to just see what we're thinking about on social studies, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, uh, egg tech steam. Just look under, just try and put egg and steam in the same search bar. It should pop up. Um, if you want to download the content packs, remember they're absolutely free. There's no charge whatsoever. You can download them at eggtechsteam.ca. That's and awesome. if you want to, and if you want, and if you're interested at all in, in um, signing up to get a box, you can email me at eggtechsteam at gmail.ca. Awesome. Right. Well, Luke, we'll put all that stuff in the, descri- in the description. Um, this is awesome. And oh, I, I just, so I'm looking at your Twitter right Sorry, now. Sorry, it's not, it's not, it's not .ca, it's .com, eggtechsteam at gmail.com. No worries. Perfect. I will edit that. Perfect. Um, but yeah, I was looking at your Twitter and you've got um, Rule Kids Code. So are you a coder? Do you like coding? Yes. What, what, what are some of your many. favorite languages? Uh, I like Python. Python's cool. I'm a big, uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge Minecraft fan. So <laughs> I really like JavaScript. That's true. Have you ever seen the videos where these people build computers in Minecraft and it's like a giant calculator or something and it actually works? I know. 
I know, right? The it, amazing things you can do, right? I know. It's wild. And I mean, that's awesome for Python. I, I haven't coded in a while, but I'll do like JavaScript, HTML, some cold, um, some SQL and stuff like that. But I haven't done Python. I hear Python is difficult. So that's awesome that you've got it. Yeah, Python is pretty difficult. There's a whole lot of stuff you got to memorize. It can, like, like most coding, it could seem like a word salad. <laughs> that's but true. Again, like, but again, coding is like a language. So if you're good at languages, then coding might just come naturally to you. That's true. And but I also mean, like learning a language. If it's not natural to you, then you can learn. Yeah. And do you do you think practice makes perfect when it when it comes to coding? Practice does make perfect. And sometimes that code isn't going to compile and it's going <laughs> to crash on the first time. And you know what? That's all right. That happens. Yeah. It's okay it's that it's part of the experience. Oh yeah. I mean, if your code crashes, you're just going to learn something. You're going to learn how to fix it or best of yet, which is what I always did. I just went to Google and tried to find an answer about why it crashed. And usually yeah. that would give you an answer, which is really fun. Yep. Well, Luke, this has been awesome, man. Learning from you and learning about ag tech steam. Um, yeah, we'll link everything in the description and um, I'm going to download some of your content and check it out. I'm so excited to dive into this. I think this is awesome, man. What you're doing yeah. is phenomenal. So keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Farm Traveler podcast. Um, wherever you are listening from, we really appreciate your downloads, your listens, your subscriptions, everything like that. You know, I thought it'd be kind of cool to read off um, some reviews of the podcast to maybe get people to leave more and more reviews, um, which helps us grow the show a ton, especially over on Apple Podcasts. So that's really, at least for right now, the only place where you can actually kind of write down an actual review, which is really fun. Um, so here's a review from Steve Warren, who, um, long story short, he is my old pastor, um, childhood pastor. He and my dad are best friends. So um, we go back really far. So this was Mr. Warren's review. Farm Traveler is both knowledgeable and informative. Listening to many guests has been eye-opening. The knowledge I've gained has given me a greater appreciation for farmers. I especially like to hear how my food goes from the farm to my table. Each episode is enlightening. Thank you so much for that comment, Mr. Warren. That is so nice. He also rated it five stars. That's so, so very nice of you. Um, So we're sitting at like 69, 70 reviews over on Apple Podcasts. And not to brag, but we are five out of five stars. So that's pretty good. Um, so if you are on Apple, consider leaving us a review. Or, you know, if you're on Spotify, I believe they're doing reviews now, but I'm not sure. I need to look into that. But leave a review, share an episode with a friend or family member. That helps us out a ton. And we will see you here again next week like usual. Have a good week. Yeah, yeah. Definitely have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Okay, thanks. Bye. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.